0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for
1: $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com
0: switch.
2: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531 Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot bot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri Term Medical. Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
3: Do you not put chocolates on the cake? No,
1: I think it's
2: all right to put them on the cake.
1: No, you, no, 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 no! no. <laughs> this is sacrilege.
4: Okay, Dan has spoken. We're no. not doing it.
1: We're not doing it. It's illegal now. <laughs>
4: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Bakedown Podcast where you'll be joining me, Sarah and Jane, Howard and Dan as we discuss another episode of 2023's Great British Bake Off Now before we get started and I introduce my lovely colleagues uh, we should just talk a little bit about you guys Thank you so much to everybody who listens to this podcast and we really hope that we're going to see you at some classes very very soon and uh, don't forget if you do want to sign up at one of our classes at Bake With A Legend then you can do so and you can use the code podcast to get 10% off your next booking. And we have some fantastic classes coming up. We have Rosie's Speedy Croissants class on October the 21st. If anybody fancies coming to learn how we make croissant in a two-hour class, Howard has a fantastic cinnamon roll buns class on the 4th of November, just in time for all the November weather. If you want to snuggle up with some warm cinnamon buns, then come and learn that. If you're fancying something a little more fancy, then you can come to Ian's raspberry entremet's class on November the 11th or you could come to a patisserie class with our lovely Dan here where he's making his mille feuille I hope I pronounced that correctly on the 18th of November and of course not leaving out the lovely Jane we also have Jane's Babka and Viennese biscuits class on the 25th of November so we have lots and lots coming up as well as all of our mystery bacon classes that we reveal week by week so we hope to see you at one of these classes very very soon but for now let's get on with our podcast so Jane Howard and Dan welcome back we are on chocolate week so, how did we feel about chocolate week? It's usually quite a tense week because it's usually really hot in the tent, isn't it? Have we, had, have we tried
2: chocolate week before? I don't think we've had, yeah. had chocolate week, have
4: we? I don't think we have. Have we? Have we? Maybe. Have I don't, Maybe. Have
1: chocolate week no, I don't remember chocolate You guys week.
4: talk, I shall research. Oh, I can do Because I, I talk. I thought,
2: yeah, we will have chocolate in the tent many, many times over each series, but I didn't think we'd actually had a chocolate week
3: before. No, I'm crazy. I can't think of a
2: well, Maybe we week haven't. Hours.
3: It's a tough, really tough one, especially... So what week are we now? Four? Four. Oh, gosh, it all goes by four. Week four. I know it was still chilly week four for us in the tent, but they seem to have hit a really hot day i think we did have some very hot weather earlier on in the summer i would not want to be tempering chocolate in that tent in hot weather really difficult i think it's the way it goes isn't it it's mousse and gelatin a gelatin when it's hot chocolate when it's hot and bread when it's cold
1: doesn't well, we were just talking about it last week.
4: We were. We really were. It was bread
1: week, but it was super cold. Yeah. And now chocolate week is super hot. And if, you, if you're on uh, Twitter, or X as it's now called, every time there's a hot day, someone will tweet, oh, it's the hottest day of the year. I bet it's chocolate week in the bake-off tent or ice cream week in okay. the bake-off <laughs> tent. And I think, I think maybe some people may have been right this year. Maybe that, maybe that was uh, the occasion. But it's, uh, you know, chocolate tempering is not the easiest of skills. And in fact, it's a whole skill unto itself. And, um, you know, we'll get on to the showstopper in, in due course, but they, people were making chocolates, like actually making chocolates, which is mm. a sort of adjacent skill to baking, I would say. But it was, if you were not familiar with chocolate, this was a week that everything was going to come a bit unstuck, wasn't it?
4: That is true.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: And they did.
4: And they did, indeed. We shall go back and have a look at or, everything that happened in Chocolate Week. But I'm just skimming through all the weeks all the weeks we've had of a previous season we have had two chocolate weeks before in, no, 20, fif- in 2015 uh ian's magical chocolate well uh was oh, featured in chocolate oh, week in 2015 we also yeah. had a chocolate week in 2020 i think famously laura adlington just had chocolate go everywhere you know, I don't remember. so I that, that was a very hot week as well so it has been known So let's kick off and start with our signature. Now, before we talk about our signature, we should mention that this week for our mystery bake-along, we do have Dan, who's going to be taking us through chocolate week. And Dan, I believe you are doing something for our signature challenge. So let's start off straight away. Dan, what are we going to make?
1: What would I have made? Well, I'll tell you what I would have made, exactly what we're going to be making in the class. Actually, um, so I've wanted to make a doughbush tort recipe for ages. Um, they've done them uh, – was it, was it a technical in one of the um, uh, very early seasons? I uh, forget. Mm. It's a tr- sort of tr- traditional Hungarian layer cake. Um, and I'm going to be – obviously, we are going to uh, go wheat free on this one, so we're going to be using uh, ground hazelnuts to make the chocolate layers. And the thing that makes it really interesting is it, it's sort of layered with chocolate buttercream, a little bit like a, a Russian honey cake, if you would have seen one of those. And on the fa- on the top, it has um, some caramel fans, which is a really, really fun technique. So we're going to make a big circle of caramel. We're going to cut it into little segments, like a segments of an orange, and make a little fan that will pop up on a bit of piped chocolate buttercream. It's a really beautiful iconic cake that I've said I've been wanting to make for ages. We're gonna make this lovely wheat free version of it. I'm very, very excited for this one.
3: Oh, I didn't know what it was. I've just looked it up,
1: Dan, as
0: you
3: talked. It looks fabulous.
1: So Ooh. lots
3: of very sensible bake actually, because it's got some very thin layers. Quite a lot of them there Ooh. Um so she would be a good bake for the tent because it would cool very quickly, which is Clearly, exactly. what everybody had trouble with this time. Yeah. No.
4: Indeed.
3: Oh, I think I might come to your class, Dan.
4: <laughs> well, Jane there. will be turning up. Um, <laughs> and if anybody else fancies joining Dan on his uh, Dobos taught Mystery GBBO Week 4 class, You can come and join us on Sunday the 22nd of October and uh, you can come and learn how to make this delicious dessert. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And uh, you can sign up on our website, which is bakerwithalegend.com. Now, let's kick off with this signature. As we have heard, it was a chocolate torte without wheat flour and they had two and a half hours for this challenge. Now, Howard, you are known as our sort of resident gluten-free baker. You often have lots of tips and tricks for how to make a sponge or biscuits, things gluten-free. Um, so what would you have done in this challenge?
2: I, I think there's so many things you could do. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people did go for for kind of ground almonds, almond flour, or ground hazelnuts. Um, and traditionally, torts um, you don't need you don't need a lot of kind of flour in there. It can be absolutely flourless. Um, so you can just use the kind of power of the beaten egg white in order to make it light and fluffy. I think Rowan did that, didn't he? Yes, uh, yeah, I think yes. so. But uh, but generally um, something nutty, a bit hazel, ground hazelnuts, something like that. I think would be would be lovely in there.
1: Mm, I agree. Jane, why don't you talk about what you would have done?
3: Pretty much what everybody else done, to be honest. I I don't think I'd have used ground almond. I think I would have gone for either the ground and roasted hazelnuts or um, walnut. It's lovely, Mm. gives an extra bit of Mm. flavour. I did a walnut genois for my Tudor week because, of course, walnuts are very, very British as well as lots of other places in the world. So I might have gone for a walnut, actually. I think think it's a lovely one to do. And I think – did I speak last week and say that I'm gluten intolerant now, which is very annoying? So this is a great, great challenge. I would have really enjoyed it. You could – so many lovely ways you could get the chocolate in. I think they all made a chocolate sponge. Well, chocolate actually flavoured cake, didn't they? As opposed to, I think, Dan, you're probably going, you're probably going more vanilla for your Domos Torta with the chocolate layers.
1: It'll be more plain to contrast with the
3: chocolate. Which yeah, the yeah, other yeah, way around. Right. So I don't know what the brief was for this. But yeah, maybe, maybe mm. walnut. Because it goes so beautifully with a lot of those autumn flavours as well. I love them. It's sort of a rustic flavour walnut. But one thing amused me in this, oh God, I thought Paul was classic this week. So everybody's using ground almonds. Any nuts that you grind, if you overgrind them, will let out some oil. They will. We all know that there's a lot of fat or oil in nuts. So you just have to be really careful if you're grinding them yourself. So there's Josh making ground pecans, which I think are possibly less oily than many nuts. And Paul's like, oh, I'm worried about the oil. The oil might come out. And It's like, come on, why aren't you worried about all the other nuts?
2: That's <laughs> oh, not a nice way to refer to the bait.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey. no, I'm just, sorry. The other, I just thought it was, he, he came up with a few Paul classics this week. I mean, Josh came up with a very good idea, dear listener. It is very good if you're grinding your nuts. God, there was so much forced innuendo this this week as well. (laughs) There was a little,
2: wasn't there? There
3: was, wasn't there? Just a tad. Um, Goodness me, it was like being back at school. Um, Not that I have anything against a bit of innuendo. Um, But if you do... Oh, grind your nuts up with um, some icing sugar or even some caster sugar when you're doing it or flour mm-hmm. somehow yeah both both work equally well to so you don't overwork the nuts so much. So Josh came up with a very good tip there for everybody. No one likes overworked nuts, no. Oh, don't you start. Don't <laughs> you start. But quite enough in this episode. Thank you very much.
4: Yes, there was uh, quite a lot of uh, nut innuendo. And if you've seen the episode, you know what we're talking about. And if you haven't, you can probably imagine. So yes, nuts uh, really featured in this uh, challenge. We had a lot of almonds Uh, hen hazelnuts and as we've said with uh, Josh's pecans Um, I really enjoyed the little joke of Saku making a Saku tort rather than a Saku tort she makes me laugh that was really sweet. Um, and I quite like the idea of Dan's tort as well. He used hazelnut flour and cornmeal, mm. which he said will add a bit of density to it or denseness mm. to it. That's thought, what you
1: want. Why yeah. are you doing
4: that on purpose? <laughs> I think, yes, I don't
3: think you needed any more denseness, did you? We all love really? a nice
1: dense think. cake,
3: yeah. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I thought, and we know if you've watched it, that um, Tasha went home early because she was very unwell. And I think you could have guessed that right from the beginning. Tasha seemed to uh, have a very early on interview and she sounded really wobbly. She she almost sounded as though she'd been crying. You know, that very, very wobbly voice. And you could tell that she wasn't feeling great right from the start, I think. Poor Tasha.
4: Well, she did say she had a migraine the night Mm. before. So... If she just wasn't feeling it and just feeling a bit wobbly, she she did well to get through the signature, bless her. She
3: did. And then in all that heat as well, she's um, not feeling great at all. And I did feel very sorry for her. But her going out, her going out and home early, meant that two people who probably should have gone home didn't. So I think there was a bit of lucky escapes and relief that they weren't sending anybody home. But perhaps I've jumped the gun there. <laughs>
4: Well, speaking of Tasha, uh, what did you guys think of Paul's comment to Tasha um, about her signature? Because she was doing an amaretto and ginger style tort uh, with some praline on top, which sounded very nice. And Paul said to Tasha, you're pushing the boat out here because to pair chocolate with ginger is clever. I thought, no, yeah, she's the first person to put chocolate and ginger <laughs> no. together. And this is not meant to be a comment on Tasha. I'm sure her no. dish was lovely. Everybody had some lovely flavours and chocolate pears with most things. But it was like, pairing chocolate with ginger, that's clever.
3: It's <laughs> clever. What are you talking about? Yes, I've got such a genuine <laughs> exclamation marks and question marks and a big why is it so clever yeah. so you can buy yeah. it in
1: the supermarket yeah. chocolate and
3: ginger where's the cleverness
1: in it's, that it's classic it's a classic combination it's funny yeah. like you know when people do write like, rose and pistachio people are like how exotic i'm like you get that all the time like it's yeah. not a unique or you know especially interesting flavor obviously sounds delicious but yeah i think paul sometimes maybe just clamoring for something to say isn't he um, but yeah, I d- yeah, it's a little bit, no but I mean, uh, uh, it's not that We're we'll just going back to the
3: way, the way he was a bit creepy about the bread. Go on, you understand <laughs> bread, and I like that. Okay, I but, that. You know, I think, I think, and I'm never one to to you know spread rumors or anything because i think it's awful there are plenty of people out there going oh paul did this and paul did that and he obviously fancies this and fancy that which is a nonsense but he does seem to try and find really lovely things to say to tasha he doesn't always pull it off <laughs> does he? i mean he was creepy last week wow probably. wrecked um, yeah <laughs> um, but,
4: you know, he wouldn't have
3: said that. He didn't say. Oh, he never tr- said it to me. He never said it to <laughs> yeah. me, Jane. Clearly not day. clever, Dan. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the
4: problem. RC, none of you are clever. Goodness no, me, none of you are clever fine. at all. So, Howard, what other flavours of the torts uh really stood out for you? Because we had some classic, very clever pairings of chocolate and other flavours going on.
2: Yeah, I think. I think. There wasn't particularly anything that was wildly unusual or super clever. Um, lots of um, fruit in there, cherries, raspberries, and so on. Um, but I think a couple of people had a really good week, actually. Uh, Nicky mm. did something really, really beautiful. It was uh, I, I loved the, the almond nougatine, um, got raspberries and red currants in there. And Rowan, certainly up until the showstopper, looked as if he was... Completely surprised at how well he was doing this mm. week. It was a bit of a <laughs> shock. <was> like, really? <laughs>
4: well, after his monstrous and hideous week last week, words used by Paul, not judgments from me. um Yes, he was due a bit of good fortune. And yeah, I think people did really well. Dan, anything stood out for you?
1: Well, you say there wasn't anything too unusual. There was an awful lot of sort of Black Forest vibe, you know, chocolate and raspberry vibe. But Dan knew something, and I've written this down phonetically, oh, yeah. I assume. It's uh, Guanabana? Yes, I've, there? Down there. I've never looked. I haven't looked I it have up.
4: looked this up and I have this prepared because I thought people were going to ask. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, the okay. guanabana has an aroma similar to pineapple. The flavor of the fruit has been described as a combination of strawberries and apple with sour citrus flavor notes, contrasting with an underlying thick, creamy texture reminiscent of banana.
0: Ooh. So there you go. So sort ah. of
4: kind of berry-ish and then kind of banana-y, and then kind of citrusy as well. I think that sounds like a really good thing to use in a tort where you need that thickness.
0: That sounds
1: like someone who doesn't know how to describe a fruit. To be honest, you <laughs> <laughs> everything. Yeah. It's a bit like other fruits. Um, no, I'm, 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 <laughs> I don't know quite uh, uh, what that would taste like. But there's also chili in there and raspberry, so it sounds like it would have been quite a quite a fascinating uh, flavour. But they said that the, the alcohol overwhelmed it, and the texture was a bit gluey. So I guess that didn't really work out. Too well for Dan, um, but I'd be intrigued to try the Guanabana. Maybe I should Guanabana. Maybe it's on Amazon or something. I'll see if I can uh, get. get Uh, I bet it costs you a fortune. Probably.
2: You see, when this is the problem, isn't it? When Josh used to host, at that point he would have said, "I'll send you a bottle."
1: Yeah, Sarah (laughs) never sends us stuff. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Um, I'm feeling a bit attacked right now. <laughs> I, I got a cake
3: mix box. I've never got a bottle of guanabana. Yeah. I'm going to look it up.
4: Well, I know what's going in your Christmas stockings then.
1: Yeah. I've a Christmas bonus this year, a bottle of guanabana. <laughs> guanabana.
4: Put it on um, my list. It
1: sounds like something
3: the, um, what are they called?
1: Minions.
3: Minions. Yes. guanabana. Sounds uh, like something yeah. the Minions would say, doesn't it? Banana, guanabana. <laughs> banana. While we're on Dan, still banana. Yep. I quite like that word actually.
0: Banana.
3: Why did he start that cake again? D- did he not have a knife on his bench? Couldn't he have just trimmed it? Yeah. Thank I just, you. I, I don't understand. I'm looking at it thinking it may be a little bit wonky, but we don't chuck all our cakes away when they go a little bit wonky in the oven. We just trim them. And the other one didn't look that much better. I just. Why?
1: Why? Yeah, it was a slightly odd choice, wasn't it? It mm. seemed well, a little unnecessary. So. But wasn't his... Was his the one that was very flat? No, somebody... Their critique was the cake was very sh- shallow. Um, Needs more
3: height. And that was Dan. That was Jack, well, he yeah. could have sandwiched the two together exactly. then and made a bigger one.
1: Mm. Exactly. Yeah,
3: that, that was my question on Dan. I just really didn't agree with what he did and made another one. And if he did make another one, just put them together. How many times do we have... Because your have are always... If you put two on the same shelf, you get one that's up on one side and one that's up the other side, in spite of using a fan oven. You just make sure when you put them together...
1: They're aligned well. They're yeah. aligned well. Yeah, but luckily he's still got that
2: award-winning smile, hasn't he, Howard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, I've, I've not had a kind of hot flush over Dan for a few weeks. So. <laughs> oh, he's, <laughs> losing
1: touch, oh, he's losing his touch, clearly. Well he's losing his touch. done.
4: And, yeah. Get yeah. yourself together, mate. <laughs> Now, something I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed what Nikki said um, at one point. She said, "It, you know, it's go hard or go home. And I just don't really think she understands what the Bake Off is about because the <laughs> Bake Off's ethos is don't be the worst until the final. That's how it works. So go hard or go home. That's not how it works, love. No. Just no. fly under exactly the radar until the final. Yes. Yeah,
1: and then win it. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Oh, but she's lovely. I love everything that Nikki says. Oh, she's yeah. so <laughs> sweet, isn't she? Mm. I think she would be a great person to sit down and have a coffee with. I'd love her to pieces. And she's her collars haven't got any bigger. We're all very pleased well, to know. No, no. no.
2: Um,
3: who haven't we talked
2: about? Matty, we've not mentioned Mate. Matty.
4: Matty, let's Matty. talk about Matty. Yes, he did a hazelnut praline mousse. Uh, with a chocolate cremo I'm not sure I got all the details of his but it looked rather nice he did those shiny sort of slightly tempered swirls on top which looked really nice but he didn't manage to cover his sides too beautifully um, but they said it tasted good so uh,
1: well up. the thing is he did like a chocolate mirror glaze didn't he and the thing mm. is with that if you're getting it you know, soft enough that the top is beautifully shiny and even. It's hard to get it also thick enough to cover the sides. So it's it's a yeah. difficult balance to strike. It's the kind of thing where if you're doing a mirror glaze, you just need time. You need time to to uh, crumb coat it and then get it set really firmly in the fridge. And you know, it doesn't mirror glaze is not a great choice for when you have limited time. So, but it, uh, from the top it looked marvelous initially. I didn't know what they were talking about because it looked great. But that was they were showing the top down, and then they moved to the sides and you were like, oh yeah, yikes. But um, but the decoration I thought generally was lovely. I wouldn't have been unhappy with that. No,
3: agree.
2: I think I, agree. I think he was getting his practice in, was wasn't he? Because he then did a chocolate mirror glaze in the showstopper as well. So. Oh, did he? <laughs> like, yes. Did he? Oh. <laughs> oh, I, miss,
4: I miss that. <laughs> That's pitch. how you do it, you know. Don't you? Don't be too smashing for the signature, and then pull it out the bag for the for the showstopper. See, this is how you play the game. This is how we play the bake-off game. This, I think you want to do them all
3: perfectly. We did a chocolate mirror glaze cake in our very, very first week as our signature. And you can do it in the time. I'm sure we didn't have much more time than this. As you say, Dan, you've got to get it crumb-coated and chilled down really well. So underneath your mirror glaze is beautifully smooth. The trick is once it's really well chilled, to get a hot palette knife and just go over it to smooth everything out mm-hmm. and then back, whack it back in the fridge again for five minutes. There you go. That's how I it, You should have
1: watched your season, Jane. They would have known. Well, you should have
3: yeah. done. You missed a treat, Dan.
1: I, <laughs> I watched hey? your season. I left yeah. you on your season. It's only in real life I don't like you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, you oh. guys. Oh. I love you, really. You know I love you no, Jane I, sorry. No I <laughs> you.
3: love you <laughs> too,
1: Dan.
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, goodness. You should see the signs they're making to each other. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So now we move on to our technical challenge which this year was six individual caramelized white chocolate cheesecakes with an oaty biscuit base and a black currant jelly on top uh, with some white piping and some white chocolate decorations. Uh, they had two hours for this challenge and uh, as we've said before Tasha wasn't able to finish this challenge uh, due to the heat and then wasn't back for the showstopper Uh, So obviously we won't be talking about Tasha's bakes because she didn't do any. But we hope she's better for next week, which we hope she will be. But what did we think of this technical challenge?
1: Before we start, can I just say something? I don't really like cheesecake. And I feel like Ooh. maybe I'm alone in this. Oh, I think you might be. people, especially on social media, people love making a cheesecake, don't they? Oh. And I'm just not into it. Um, I don't really know why. I think maybe I had too many sort of terrible cheesecakes from, you know, the freezer cabinet when I was a kid or something. But they do not tickle my pickle. So I probably would have refused to have taken part in this challenge uh, <laughs> just to <defiantly. laughs> Uh, sat there, but it, yeah, of course not. Um, uh, but uh, it seemed like an awful lot of work. And I think baked cheesecakes are quite tricky. I would know because I never make them. Um, but I think there was quite a lot going on there, and especially caramelizing the chocolate, which I, to be honest, I think I would have had a bit of a flap over because I've never actually caramelized white chocolate. Have either of you guys?
3: No. No, I haven't. I
1: thought. Oh, Sarah has. Sarah. Oh, Sarah. <laughs>
4: I love how shocked you all sound (laughs) Yes I have Um, If anybody has uh, attended Rosie's uh, chocolate biscuit bar class We did a white caramelised white chocolate in there Um, Yes I did one on the hob On a pan You literally just put the white chocolate in a pan And watch it like a hawk And it very very quickly turns And I think that's much safer than the microwave um, Because you've got much more control over a hob With Rosie's class we did it in the oven So you just sort of keep You just put the chocolate in It melts after 15 minutes It should take it out Give it a stir Put it back in And just very gently It turns this caramelised colour So
1: So this is a thing They didn't make it up for Bake Off It's a thing that people do, is it?
4: As far as I'm aware Oh
3: yeah, it absolutely is I mean, we've had it on Bake Off I think last series Maybe the series before Peter, I think, did it The year he won Mm. You just have to be dead careful. I would have thought microwave, and they all got a microwave on their benches. I don't know about you guys, but there was one microwave at the back of the tent. Yeah, Yeah, same, same. Um, It's been running backwards and forwards all the time. Kid, anybody who has tried to melt white chocolate in a hurry in the microwave will know that it looks okay on the surface, and then you go and stir it, and you find it's all burnt underneath, so it's really difficult to get right in the microwave I think but presumably they suggested the microwave because it takes about an hour because I have looked on how to do it and then never got around to it. it takes about an hour of popping it in the oven stirring it taking it out putting it back in again maybe not quite an hour but it takes up a lot of time and they would have had to have got these cheesecakes cooled in order to put the jelly on the top.
1: Mm. So maybe a timing issue. So it's a
3: tricky, tricky one to do. Mm. With, the, no. with
1: white chocolate, I avoid the microwave generally because um, if you overheat it, if it goes above something like 50 degrees, it then gets grainy and hard, yeah. It loses mm. its fluidity. So, just white chocolate. I just never do in the microwave if I can help because it's so easy to get it wrong. And I don't know if you guys have ever burnt chocolate in a microwave, but that is surprisingly easy to do. And um, oh, it really? Is we had? Do we have at least one person burn their chocolate? Was that Rowan? I can't remember
2: now. Well, I think he was. I think they said do it in blasts, and he said, "I'm going to do it." Did you say one minute thirty
1: seconds?
4: 30 seconds. It's yeah. like, that's That's like, a blast.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That's oh. enough to reheat my oh,
4: dinner. That's not a... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just a quick one and a half minute burst. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a proper screaming at the television sort of moment. I think Dana burnt hers as well. And she said, white chocolate is the bane of my existence, which I, I think a lot of people can understand, especially if you're baking with it. And yes, a couple of people definitely had to... I mean, Prue said... Patience and perseverance. So you've just I as far as I know, you put it in and it just doesn't turn and you think this isn't doing anything. And you think, no, just stay with it and eventually mm. it turns. Um I think Josh, they thought Josh caramelized his too much. Maybe. I think his pace or what the the biscuit or something was
1: over was over baked, wasn't it? So I don't think that would have helped mm. the flavour. Because um, you know, caramelization a step too far is burnt, isn't it? And there's a there's a yeah. fine line between delicious and a bit nasty, and I think he was the wrong side of that line.
2: Oh. I'd, I'd learned something, though, this week. I thought, oh, my goodness. I've never uh, thought about actually doing a ready-crushed biscuit there for the bottom. Do you know, I'm, when I've done a biscuit there, I've made biscuits and then crushed them up. But what they seem to do is, was actually rub it in almost like a crumble mix and then just bake that and then spoon it into the bottom Ooh. of the... That's quite, that's
3: quite yeah. clever, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I thought that's really clever.
4: That's a good idea. Yeah. It just saves you a bit of time, That wouldn't
1: it? have occurred to me. No. no. no.
4: <laughs> the sometimes things is the we things that,
1: sometimes <laughs> it's the simplest things that you just never think of and then you see someone else do it and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that would have been a bit easier. I just get a packet of hobnobs, uh, that's what I do. Just <laughs> me too. Up, <laughs> a bit of melted butter, <laughs> shove them in. I don't think that would fly on the bake-off, though, would it? But you don't make cheesecake, so you, unless no. you do. A,
4: yeah. So why do you care, Don?
3: Why do you care? If- well, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. He Tell buys the boy. Hobnobs just in case he might make a cheesecake. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, you're in good Eat company
4: because
3: Rowan doesn't make cheesecakes. Never made a cheesecake, he
2: said.
1: I just like Hobnobs. It's not really about the cheesecake um but but yeah no what else do you do you can make like a cheats pastry case using that can't you um was it uh oh nigella used to have a grasshopper pie that i made a couple Is of times it that was quite pleasant yeah oh. and that's made with crushed biscuits i think it might have been oreos that i, I can't remember now Kurt did
3: serve a base for a cheesecake with oreos because you whiz up I think you would probably take the cream filling out, which I didn't. I just whizzed it all up together.
0: And it, it a bit comes sticky. out being
3: a little bit greasy, yeah. It comes out mm. a little bit greasy. The thing that bothered me with this challenge, never think to do mini cheesecakes in a mold. I just do a big cheesecake, but wouldn't have had time to get it done, I suppose. Um is making the jelly and then cutting out the circle and putting it on the top. I wouldn't have done that. I really wouldn't have done because when you then go to Eat it, Eat the it, jelly—it hasn't stuck mm. to the cheesecake. So I didn't—I didn't like that very much. I mean, I can see they were
1: probably doing it for speed, but um... I assume—well, they must have done it for for speed. But I would have—if I were making this myself, I would just have stuck it in the mold. Surely, yeah. yeah I, I, again,
2: but na I think her she did a little mini lemon and lime cheesecakes, and she bakes the cheesecake layer and then pours the jelly over the top. Yeah, she'll absolutely. I think.
3: I think so. When we do um, our blueberry mousse cake, Sarah, we strain our fruit liquids. Unlike Dana, who left her, Dana our, So we're God, like, "Oh, lumpy, yeah, be nice lumpy with jelly a
1: bit of texture in it." And you're like, <laughs> "What are
3: you talking about?" Oh. A, it has to be smooth and lovely looking. Mm. Uh, but that we do. We just strain off the juice and use that as the jelly layer. And I think I did in. We do. But for our mini mousse cakes, the year when I was on it. Just It didn't set because it was a roasting hot day and I ran out of time But yeah, you can make a lovely jelly very easily And it makes it look so pretty and professional as well
4: It does, it's a really nice finish to what could Mm. potentially be An uneven top to a cheesecake or a mousse Mm. I really enjoyed Saku all the way through this challenge Just constantly going, I'm melting, I'm
2: melting (laughs) With the (laughs) divorce Oh
4: God, that is... Uh, that is going to feature, I'm sure, in uh, this week's um, Bake Off Extra Slice because they like to, I think they did one a couple of weeks ago for Saku because she was singing a lot of what she was doing. So they did a little mini like Saku the musical. So I'm just uh-huh. seeing I all just these saying. little things featuring in this Saku the Bake Off musical. Mm. She is utterly adorable. And at the end of the challenge, bless her, she hadn't had the best day. She said, tomorrow is a new day and it's a new bake but it's still the same old me. And you're like, oh, "Oh, bless you. (laughs) The bake will be different, but I'll be the same. And it's like, oh, (laughs) God, she is adorable. And I think she's, oh, she's she's vibes. She's fun and lover. Anybody anything else to say about the technical before I do the ranking? Well, I was just
3: surprised, actually, with this technical, that Matty had a big dip in the middle of his. And they said, oh, it was quite nice. Hmm. When we do get to the ranking, I don't think Matty did as well as, um, as, as he came in the list, to be honest. I I don't know who else would have moved their way up. I don't think they did a great job on this challenge, yeah. to be honest.
2: Oh, from Dan, I think Dan was quite considerably higher than Oh, absolutely, else. yeah, he but, was yeah. quite
3: considerably. I think the rest of them were just not very good at all.
4: It wasn't a particularly successful challenge. No. Um, so on that note, let's go to our rankings. So in eighth place, uh was Saku. Hers looked rushed, melty. I don't know if they use the word melty, it's just the word I, that I seem to have typed repeatedly in this challenge. Um, and overbaked. Um, Christy was seventh, Josh was sixth, Dana and her crunchy jelly was fifth. Oh bless her. Nikki was fourth, uh, Rowan was third. Uh, considering he'd not baked a cheesecake before, he did really well. Matty mm-hmm. was second and Dan was first. And Dan had a neat cheesecake. Uh, all of them were very neat. Had a good base snap, good colour, even layers, uh, very smooth filling and delicious. Mm-hmm. So that is very, very good for Dan, who had a OK signature. Um, But he's maybe brought himself a bit back up there. Rowan's doing very well at this stage
0: Mm.
4: with his excellent signature and third ranking in the technical. And I definitely think Saku and Christy were down at the bottom moving into the showstopper. Now... Just before we go into our show challenge, we always ask our lovely listeners each week to send us in some questions. And this week we have not been disappointed as we have a question from George and Shirley who live in Georgia in the USA. And they say, hi, bakers, we have a question for you. Time in the tent is always at a premium and we always see bakers putting their bakes in the freezer in a panic to set them. So what are your best time management tricks in order to get bakes done in time? So who wants to start off with that one?
1: Well, I don't know if I really have any tricks. Um, you just have to work backwards and see what needs to be done first and what needs the cooling time and do things in a careful order. I think when you look at uh, the program, it's easy to think that people are sort of rushing around just making it up as they go along. But in fact, everyone has very carefully planned their recipe. They're just in a flap to execute it well. In real life, I wouldn't do any kind of cooling in the fridge or freezer until things were, you know, exactly room temperature if I wanted them to be to be cold. But, you know the idea of sort of putting a cake directly in the freezer. No one would do that at home, would they, Howard? You'd you'd never just shove a hot cake in the freezer, would you?
2: No, I know, I know we're we're going on a little bit ahead of ourselves, but um, tempered chocolate. No, don't don't put it in the freezer or fridge because it'll lose the the shine. Yeah, yeah. Well, one
1: caveat to that would be um it will only lose its shine where it's exposed to the air and or moisture um so if you're doing the inside of a mold and the only the outside of the mold will be oh, easy, yeah. then you can put that yeah. in the freezer mm. but it's still not a great idea it's much no. better to let it set at, at room temperature um yeah it's we, no one does that stuff in real life there's nobody you know in professional bakeries getting hot cakes and shoving them straight in the freezer that's just it's it's TV lunacy wouldn't you say, Jane?
3: And well, I would. I would because I, I I don't like cakes that have been stored or kept in the freezer. Anyway, they've all got to come up to room temperature before they're edible, because they can close up in their texture really easily. But what else can they do in the tent? Mm. I am, I, you know, they are so pushed for time, and we've talked about that time and time again. You know, they don't get given enough time. And I would say with cakes, if you can. Cook thin layers or thinner layers. So uh, um, a a sponge tin will cool pretty quickly, actually, whereas um, if you actually cook something in a cake tin that you're planning on cutting into layers, that could take you a good hour to cool. So think about the tins that you're putting them in. Think about the thickness of the layers and... um, you will find that things will cool much, much quicker. I mean, a good old Victoria sponge that cools pretty quickly. And if you do have to pop it in the fridge, fine. But, you know, a proper thick cake will take all day to cool properly. It retains a real temperature in the middle. So it's just all in the planning. And that's where a lot of us fall down, um, is we don't... It's very easy for us to say it now... But in the tent i had some whacking great cakes one week didn't cool down at all and it was an absolute
1: nightmare yeah there are things there are subtle things you can do to make a difference like for example whenever i make pastry i can refrigerate the flour first uh you you could yeah. um, uh, in england we keep or sorry in the uk we uh don't refrigerate our eggs but if i'm making pastry i might refrigerate the egg first i will use icy cold water as well as obviously the cold butter. So I will do what I can to keep the pastry as cold as possible while I'm working with it. So there are little things you can do, but I don't think there's any sort of magic time-saving device I have for, for that sort of thing. Can you think of anything else? Mm.
2: I think I think the other thing as well when you're developing a recipe is um you your components are not necessarily in the order that you'll use them. So think about the things that are going to um need chilling or going to take a little bit longer and you do those first so sometimes it's about um, when we're doing classes we switch from one thing to another Um, it's not possible always to just do the cake and then move on to the filling or whatever
4: So sort of prep and management beforehand is yeah. the key mm. to making things work.
1: Yeah. Like if, you, if you're going to use ganache to cover a cake, actually you need to make the ganache first because the ganache needs a really, really long time to set. So I would make the ganache before I got the cake in the oven, you know, so it just kind of, it, it just depends. Yeah.
4: Planning. Ah, planning. Planning. If you fail to prepare... Prepare to fail. Prepare to fail. Very
1: good,
4: Something we've had drummed into us since high school.
1: I'm like, you could be a management consultant. I know.
4: Goodness (laughs) me. Well, George and Shirley, thank you so much for your question there. And please do continue to send in your questions or your general thoughts and comments about the show for us to discuss here on The Bakedown. You can send them via email to thebakedown at bakerwithalegend.com. Or you can contact us via social media. We are at Bake With A Legend on all platforms. So we move on to our showstopper challenge, which this week for chocolate week was a chocolate box cake. Now, this needed to be a chocolate cake surrounded by an edible chocolate box. And then filled with moulded chocolates as well. So all the chocolate. And this was a four-hour challenge. Now, we had some different takes on it. We had some more sort of artistic takes on it. So a cake surrounded by a box. And then we had some where the box was an element of what the cake was supposed to look like. Almost sort of illusion-y um so what did you guys prefer did you prefer the artistic style or the more realistic style oh
1: that's a bit of a difficult question well can i just say first of all i thought this challenge was interesting you know constructing a box i think it was a shame that it wasn't you know held by a life-size selfie made out of biscuit uh being driven in a car why? it just wasn't complicated enough um Listen, (laughs) (laughs) there are a few interpretations of chocolate box. And I thought some of them were more in the spirit of the challenge than others. For example, some of them made a box that had a cake in it that had chocolate truffles in it. And like, for example, I loved Christie's. But it did seem like she just covered the inside of a mold in chocolate and then put a cake inside it, which to me mm. is not quite the same as a chocolate box. And I don't know how, I love Christy. Um, I like her personality and I like a lot of her bakes and her artistic style. But just that, I thought that was a bit of a cop out. And I just thought, oh, come on, Christy, <laughs> that's not the great. No, is no, it? No. Yeah. I just agree. I the, Okay. <laughs> I stopped him in his tracks that doesn't happen very often so
3: no i disagree I mean, I, I, i'm waiting
1: for your counterpoint jane i'm waiting well, for your I counter just argument think, i thought that was a
3: really nice interpretation of the brief she making the cake the box of chocolate rather Mm. than a couple of them just got a a round cake and stuck it in a box with some chocolates on it. And I didn't think that was anywhere near as
2: creative, to be honest, as Christie. Okay, I think there's an issue for me about how you eat this thing as well. It's like Mm. with Christie's, I think you could slice into it and you'd end up with a piece of cake that had a rather thickish but still edible chocolate layer on the outside yeah but some of them you take the cake out and then what do you do with the box it's like well you'd just be eating it for the next few days wouldn't kind you yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah i didn't think the two Related to each other, really. I agree. That's true, actually.
4: I think in that idea, Howard, the one that was most related, the one that f- merged together the best for me was possibly Dan's mm. because it was constructed inside the box. But then the judges didn't like it because they thought it was more of a pudding than a cake because you had to sort of dig into the box.
3: Uh. Well, I think because he, he didn't have much cake in there. I think it was lots of okay. other stuff. I, I, That's the impression I got, yeah.
4: that...
3: He put so much other stuff in there, cake really took a back seat.
1: Um, See, I had a different interpretation of the brief then, because when they said they're making individual chocolates as well to go in a box with a cake, I assumed it's like a box that you open that has inside it a cake and some chocolates. Whereas some people, for example, made a cake and put chocolates on the top of the cake. And I'm like, but why would you Mm. do that? because you want to eat the chocolates by themselves and then eat the cake by itself surely. Surely? How do how do you eat yours? Well,
3: let me tell you. I made a cake for a friend of mine's birthday last year. And We all went and she had a lovely it was a big birthday and we everybody was outside and sat down for a lovely lunch. So I made this cake. She loves salted caramel. So I made chocolates. I made round balls of salted caramel filled chocolates. Um hmm. And uh, I'll tell you how she ate them. Before she dished the cake up to everybody, she took all the balls off and put them in the fridge and said nobody else was going to eat them. (laughs) Very smart. I I like that. I thought that was a very smart way of doing it. Um, So, you know, you can eat your chocolate box cake any which way. Do you not put chocolates on a cake? No. I think it's lovely. Don't you I think it's all right to put them on the cake?
4: Yeah, I think so. No, too.
1: yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is sacrilege. Okay,
4: Dan has spoken. We're not doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not doing it. It's illegal now. No, like if I want to eat a chocolate, that's a different thing. I might have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee with a couple of chocolates. Or a slice of cake. I don't want chocolates on a cake. That's just me. I mean, yes, that's just my opinion. But um, we know what enormous weight my opinion has in this world. Um, we do indeed. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> mind like a cake. You know, when you do the blob, the, you know, have a big cake with the blobs on the top. Maybe put one chocolate on each of the blobs. You know, you know, like a mm. Malteser or something like that. I can handle, but like a full Malteser. sort of <laughs> yeah, a very rich, heavy Malteser. Um, no, but the um, you know, like a like a. You know, like a, where they have like, like a carousel to caramel or something where they have like a gooey filling in the middle. I don't want that I on know. a cake. I feel like that's too much for me, for me. Uh,
3: so it, it's down to the number of chocolates on it and what the filling is. You're getting very specific Maybe.
1: now, aren't you? I will not be held accountable for my opinions.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: very good idea.
3: Can I just ask a question before we get into the bakes, please? Because yeah. um, it, was, it was the beginning of this challenge that I really noticed. Was Prue wearing pajamas? They <laughs> I really looked like is. pajamas. It was a matching top and bottoms.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was the most successful outfit. But <laughs> it was. I, I think it, wow. they'd got. It, had, had they got sort of um, astrological kind of? Star signs or something on them or whatever. So. Yeah. I just thought they looked
1: like pajamas. I didn't realise I was on a podcast with Trini and Susanna.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, Which, Dad, just because we disagree with your cake opinions, pipe <laughs> <calm> down. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fashion police. Do you,
2: do you, <laughs> do you think I, I think I think Pooh will have a stylist and I think the stylist will say, Here you are, Pooh. This is what we've got out for you this yeah. week. And Pooh probably sometimes thinks Oh, my goodness.
3: Well, maybe. (laughs) She has some lovely
1: glasses on. I love the orange glasses. The orange glasses. I don't think think Prue cares what she's wearing, to be honest. I don't know about Prue, (laughs) but I know that Noel definitely has a stylist because I had a conversation with one of the Love Productions people talking about she was chatting to Noel's stylist. So I'm sure they do get told what to wear to some degree, don't they? Uh, I can't believe Prue really has all those necklaces in her house. She'd have nowhere to keep anything else.
3: <laughs> no, but she must have all those glasses, because it'll be prescription glasses. You don't just take them out of the props cupboard, do you?
4: <laughs> Very true.
3: Probably not.
1: Yeah, We've got a little bit off topic here. Yeah.
4: Sorry, right, let's talk cake. Okay. <laughs> I know, we never do that. We never no, get we off never topic. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we had definitely had different interpretations of uh, box. Rowan um, went for a paint box style, Nikki's was just sort of a box with a cake in it uh, Dan's was a treasure chest, Christie's as we've spoken about was a meant, I think it was meant to be like a box of chocolates uh, Zaku's was a cricket box which I only realised was anything to do with cricket because there was a little cricket bat inside which was quite sweet Mattie went more the artistic route with a box surrounding a cake. Dana had the lovely little princess carriage, which was a really sweet idea. I liked that one. And then Josh had his little chemistry box. Um, and I loved his little nerdy moment where he was just talking about all the chemical symbols he was going to put on. And everybody was like, okay, Josh, stop talking. Mm. But I was like, oh, bless you, Josh. You embrace the nerdiness, dude. You keep going. I have to
1: say, though, did anybody else get slightly confused when Saku said she was making a cricket box?
3: <laughs> <laughs> never occurred to me. Never, never no, occurred. Really to me.
1: Not. Oh god! <laughs> okay, just me. I was like, I <laughs> guess no, I have a I, I have a son. I have to buy them. I was just like, really? That seems quite inappropriate, Zaku <laughs> But actually, yeah, you wouldn't
3: even have noticed that little cricket ball and bat, would you? I mean, it was a nice no. flowery Ooh, box. No, you know, it was almost an afterthought. To call it a cricket chocolate box. Mm-hmm.
1: um all jokes about some, cricket boxes aside i just some people had better plans than others yeah i, oh, I think so I, do you know whose plan i loved but whose execution i i didn't love was um rowan i thought rowan's yeah. plan was hmm. amazing hmm. the box it looked like wood grain i saw it like it was a, like a simple but effective like it was a great plan to make a really effective design really quickly and easily for the chocolate. Um it's just um a shame the execution wasn't great. And actually, to be honest, I was shocked that people had such problems tempering. And I hate to be super judgmental about this, but he is a chemist. Um but Josh uh in particular had real problems tempering mm-hmm. his chocolate. And I thought he took his chocolate out and it was still completely shiny. And he said, Oh, it hasn't tempered properly. And I'm like, dude, the shininess, the wetness of it would have told you it hasn't tempered. You should have noticed within five minutes that it hadn't tempered. So I thought it was very odd that he got to that point before before twigging that something was wrong. I would have thought that would have been absolutely his wheelhouse. So, um, yeah, a a little bit shocked by the amount of people who didn't get a shine. But I guess it made those who did get a shine even more impressive. Was it Nikki who had a lovely shiny one? Mm, She did, yeah. Hers looked great, great. Hers was really good. But
3: uh, this is our old favourite thing, or least favourite thing, Christy cutting her mould.
2: Oh, I know. What of
3: you, Jim, Oh God, going, God, I of oh. you?
4: How <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I, I think she knew because as she started doing it, she said, "This is breaking my heart," and it was like, you know, yeah. you know.
2: And and oh, the thought, fact that Prue praised her for having got it out of the mould. Really, like you didn't see what happened. Yeah, you didn't see the cutting.
1: I, what a I waste! I thought she was doing a pun because I thought the box was cracking, and she was like, "Oh, I'm breaking my heart. This is breaking my heart." I was, like, I didn't know if she was going for. No, it was not No, she was no, cutting no, okay. the mould. <laughs> she was cutting was the
3: mould. terrible thing. Shocking. To shoot. Really bad. <laughs> i'm
1: afraid i get it though i mean the thing is in the tent it just needs to go right that one day doesn't it so i kind of i can understand it even if i don't like it i get the mindset
2: that's for sure oh, dan sick. was really bold getting his out of the mold wasn't he He was like just seemed to go for it it's, i think it's quite it's thick, thick his chocolate though wasn't it was it yeah. it
1: so. was but the, in, in a sense, that's the only thing to be done. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be, you know, ham-fisted about it. But at the same time, you have to get it out of the mould. You have to put some pressure on it in order to get the silicon off it. There's not really any alternative. Um, but, yeah, he was, he was uh, a lot less uh, careful than Christy was, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, Dana, I thought, was brave setting her chocolate in a, a round cake tin. Oh, Cake yeah. mould. Because that really could have stuck.
1: And white chocolate too.
3: And white mm. chocolate too are particularly difficult. And she really pulled it off. I mean, have you made chocolates? Have you, have you made chocolates? Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: the idea is, so there's a... Um, there was some horrible technique in the tent, by the way. There but was a horrible to, technique in the tent. I them. don't want to be too judgmental. Well, really? <laughs> like you,
3: darling. Goodness me. And... Um, what they say to get a nice shiny good surface on your chocolate is to polish the mold so you should never be too too hard on the mold when you're washing it and cleaning it, never use anything too abrasive. And then each time and some people never wash their moulds. Chocolate I don't. is you don't, so well, you're just <laughs> no. disgusting actually most I of am. the time. Um <laughs> no. oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, is if you polish it Go over it with a nice uh, Soft cloth You know One of those microfiber cloths
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: yeah Or mus- Yeah or, or actually muslin Might have a bit too much texture But anyway oh, really? polish them Polish them Because you'll get Even more of a shine And I would have thought It would been hard To polish that mold that um, Danny used i i was impressed that she got that out i'm really impressed with Danny for getting that i don't think she got an awful lot
1: of um over, all other praise for that no as soon as i saw that mold and she was doing it in white chocolate i just thought oh god this oh, is going to be a car crash this yeah. is going to be dreadful actually all things considered i think she did a great job
3: yeah i think so too so they said not much shine on it but on the cake but thought you don't get that much shine on white chocolate anyway I
4: love wine jelly, by the way. So I think somebody we haven't mentioned is possibly Matty, um, who did a really nice looking, more artistic style box uh, with a chocolate Genoese, a raspberry coulis, uh, a creme musseline with um, pistachio and lemon chocolates. So again, he's just kept it really classic there. um, And he did really, really well. Um, He did lose some shine, but the box was well-engineered, the judges thought. His textures were spot-on with an excellent chocolate flavour, and his chocolates were very good as well. So he did very well.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I particularly liked his chocolates. He did, uh, I believe, a lemon fondant, which is one of my favourite chocolates. Um, So if anyone is curious, um, milk chocolate-covered candied orange peel and dark chocolate lemon fondants, please, if you want to send me any. Those are my two favourites. But yeah, no, I... (laughs) Am I going to get those to Christmas, Sarah? No. I doubt it. And some
4: okay. Guanabana liqueur. I'll add it to the Amazon uh, wishlist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but no, I thought they sounded lovely. He did. Um, you know, some really interesting chocolates had some great flavors on there.
4: Classic,
1: but just really seemingly well executed. Um, I was, the, as I said, I think last week. You know, the first couple of weeks, I thought Matty was looking a little bit weak. And he's really come through the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks and shown Mm -hmm. us actually he's a really good baker. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe it was just a little bit of nerves in those first couple of weeks, because he's he's got the skills.
3: He's very likable as well. He's self-deprecating, funny. I think he's I think he's a real joy to have on the show, as indeed all of them are. But I think Matty's really growing on me as the weeks go on. He's as he's, as you say, sort of perhaps not quite so nervous and really settling into the tent. Um, I think he's lovely. I think he's one to watch, actually. I don't think any of us yeah. tips He's got dramatic. great
1: eyebrows.
3: He's got great eyebrows. <laughs> it's, t- it's just all that tattoo. I'm not a great tattoo fan. Uh, but There
1: we go. He's not doing it for you. It's fine, Jane. He is
3: right. He's not doing it for
1: me. <laughs> but no, he 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 charmed me a bit this week. I said, you know, his sort of West Ham thing last week, I was a bit like, oh, God, what the hell is that? But um, this showstopper much more up my street for sure. Mm.
3: Mm. Oh, it was a very nice. I thought it was a nice challenge, actually, a manageable challenge. And four hours was, I thought, a good, a good time. Which you know, me, I, I usually criticise the amount of time, but if you planned it well, and we're, again, we're talking about planning, you could temper your chocolate for your box and your chocolates at the same time, so that mm. you're not rushing around at the end. Make sure you. If you use the same chocolate on both of your chocolates, but maybe different shape moulds, you could save a whole load of re-tempering it again to make uh, to make your chocolate. So it's just a matter of planning again. Uh, but I thought it was a lovely challenge. Really, really enjoyed it.
4: Mm. Yeah, it was really nice to see um, a chocolate week that was incredibly focused on chocolate. There was no doubt that chocolate was the main thing in this week but we had different chocolates we had the white chocolate caramelizing that in the technical so that's a different skill we had the tempering in the technical everything was a celebration of chocolate but nothing was ridiculous Mm. and baking was still at the heart of it there was still quite a lot of room for interpretation and uh putting in different flavors different styles so it married beautifully what bake off is about without being too bonkers Mm. so i think it was a
1: good week I think Bake Off said, was it this season that they were going to make it a little bit back to basics and just yeah, sort of yeah. make it more about the baking? And yeah. I have to hand it to them. I think they've done it. I think they really have. I mean, it's early. It's only week four. But so far, they really have sort of focused on the technique of baking. And I think it's given us, I mean, I think these podcasts are getting longer and longer, but we've had so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's, And we've actually got to talk about the baking and all the techniques and stuff and not just talk about how crazy the design was. So I think that's been really, really lovely for us. And that's what's most important, isn't it, Jane?
3: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Has has to be good for us. Uh, Absolutely. Um, No, I agree with you 100%. They seem to have got it right the way back to the original Bake Off ethos. But also, I'm really liking the editing this time. We get lots of information about the bakes, we seem to have a good amount of each of the bakers each week. For some in previous series, sometimes you don't see a baker. You know they're not going out or going to get star baker because they don't appear for a couple of weeks. Um, so, I, I, don't they? I say, no, you're yeah. right. You can right. always know who wasn't going out. Um, I think they've done a really good job with this series. I'm enjoying it a lot, and I know in classes when we talk to some of our lovely bakers that join us. They feel the same way. Everybody's enjoying this series that I've spoken to. I think it, they should be pat themselves on the back. Um, and yeah. if you would like Howard, Dan and I to come along and bake in the tent, then you just need to get in touch, guys, because yeah. we'd love to come back and do it again.
1: <laughs> I would actually love to go back into the tent with you, but I have a horrible feeling that Jane would end up beating me. Oh, so. um, I, I have no idea. I I'd never hear the end
2: of it. <laughs> no fear of that with me, Dan. No oh
1: fear. yes, you mean <laughs> thing. Yes, poor Hamish. I feel Howard would be gracious in victory. Jane, not so much. Surely. <laughs> <Charming. laughs> Charming. Well, likewise, Dan. Uh,
3: Never in the end of the (laughs)
4: quoting. Well, speaking of going back into the tent, um, I found the application form, not that it's hard to find, uh, for next year's Bake Off. They are already promoting it. And I had a quick look at the um, initial questions that they ask you. And you've just got to tick the boxes and say, yes, I'm okay with being on TV. Yes, I'm not a chef and things like that. But um, one of the ones that I found rather interesting. So if I was to apply for Bake Off, which is not going to happen, um, you have to tick a box that says I am not a close relative or close friend of anyone who is an employee or contractor of Love Productions or Channel 4 or anyone working on appearing in or connected with the program. So I guess it depends how friendly I am with you three. It depends if I could apply for the Bake Off.
2: Oh, we don't Mm. count, Sarah. Of course you could. We've forgotten about our don't worry about it, I don't even know
4: who you are. Oh, there we go. I was expecting comments like that, fair enough. (laughs) I mean, that's only so that you don't get
3: favouritism. Yeah. Just because you've known us, we have no influence whatsoever.
4: Perfect. So if anybody in any of our classes wants to apply for the Bake Off, don't worry about going coming to Bake With The Legend classes. It doesn't seem... To make any difference. On a serious note, if anybody genuinely was thinking of applying, I will not be, then uh, then there you go. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, if you get on, give me a call. I'll give you so many tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what week did you go out, Dan? Listen, you. you, know, <laughs> you, know, you
4: <laughs> All right, children. Wind it up there, then. <laughs> and on that note, we will move on to the star baker awarding ceremony which this week was the lovely matty who did really really well he came second in the technical he had a very nice signature challenge tiny bit messy but his flavors were all there and his showstopper was excellent well engineered spot on and great flavor so you can't ask for better than that howard what did we think about matty being star baker this week
2: yeah, it was. I didn't see it coming. Uh, as Dan said, I don't think for a few weeks we we um we expect expected Matty to be in there. We've we've kept saying about Josh being a contender, but Matty has has definitely been under the radar. So well done for uh, suddenly coming up on the uh, outside or inside or whatever side. Things come
4: up on. It's a <laughs> we don't know. The and um, as we have actually mentioned, but uh, just in case anybody didn't know, uh, nobody goes home this week because unfortunately, it's good and bad. Unfortunately, Tasha was ill. We don't want anybody to be ill, but that did mean that uh, nobody got sent home. I like the sort of judgment that Paul and Prue were making, they were like, well, just because Tasha's not here doesn't mean that somebody isn't going home. It's like, yes, it does. Nobody goes home when somebody's ill. That's how it works. That's how you've done it for the last few years. That's how it
1: has traditionally worked. I have to say, I think, I could be wrong, but I think my season was the first season where someone was ill, Terry was ill, and we genuinely had no reason to think that no one would be sent home. Do you know know what I mean? Um, So we thought that... You know, there were a couple of people who were actually, my season, actually a bit upset that uh, someone didn't go home because they thought they'd made it through to the final nine or final eight or whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think now we, the bakers know that if someone's ill, they're not going to be sent home. So it must be a huge, huge relief for all concerned in a weird way.
2: Wouldn't mm. you say? I, mean, I have a feeling in, in series three, John Way. Yes, I was uh, going to say that. Howie. Yeah. Oh, he injured himself and... Mm. And nobody went home that week, I think.
4: Yes, he did. And when Diana um, couldn't take part in the competition, um, this was just after the Alaska, baked Alaska Uh, gates. Ice cream gates, yes. Um, Diana went home the next week because she was ill. Well, she didn't come back. So then nobody left for that week, I think. So there has been... A little bit, but for somebody... I stand corrected. But yes, no, but you're absolutely right. Terry was away and then came back the next week, so...
1: Yeah.
3: But the thing is, it is awful because, you know, you know if somebody's had an absolute nightmare in the tent, they're going home. And I I always say you only have to be better than one other person Mm. each week. Suddenly when two are going home, it's, you know, you're on a knife edge,
1: really.
2: Yeah.
1: Because you're having to hope two people have a mare. I think it's just frustrating. Like, for example, you know, I, uh, I'll i speak for myself. I won't speak for anyone else. I had a nightmare week one week, and then I got home, sent home that week. Other people, if you have a nightmare week this week, you don't have to go home. And then, mm. so it really is like you have an extra life if, uh, yes. if this is the week you mess up. So it's uh, I can understand why people look at it either way. You know, they'll say, well, it's not fair one way, is off, fair the other way. But I think it's the fairest thing they can do. I don't know what else they can do. I agree.
3: I would absolutely agree. I mean, it's not too, you know, Tasha had had a pretty good signature, but had she had a complete mare of a signature? Then maybe, yeah. And everybody's thinking, oh, uh, then, or maybe she was going home. Um, and then it's not fair if somebody else goes because she's gone off sick so yeah just without a doubt
2: what did worry me though is when paul said tasha will be back next week as if he suddenly got some medical knowledge (laughs) 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 oh (laughs) Oh,
3: bless him he came out with a lot of classics this week i think
4: oh paul well, that means that nobody went home this week, which is fantastic. But that does mean possibly two people will be going next week. We will have to wait and see. So we hope you have enjoyed Chocolate Week. And if anybody is feeling very, very chocolatey, don't forget you can come and join Dan's Dobos taught Mystery Class on the 22nd of October. Please head to bakewithalegend.com to sign up there. And we will see you very soon, either to class or next week from the Bakedown. Jane, Dan and Howard, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.